0: I was born into a Muslim family, um, my parents were leaders in the mosque, and I met these two Christians at my grad school. We just realized, okay, we definitely are both very strong in our faith, but we can't both be right. We can both be wrong, like logically in my mind, it's like, okay, we can both be wrong about Jesus for sure, but we can't both be right. So we sort of resolved that we wanted to figure out what truth is, and secretly, secretly, I wanted to convert him massively. I totally wanted to convert him to Islam because anytime I would debate anybody about, you know, religion, I would always win. <laughs> and so he gave me a Bible. I gave him a Quran, and we started to just sort of do our own research. And I would come with my bullet points and he would come with his. And um truth be told, you know, since I was, you know, uh, an American Muslim being surrounded by non-Muslims, of course, I knew exactly what I believed, why and had all the arguments. Even though I had felt that I had succeeded in showing him that Christianity was flawed and that Islam was true, I didn't have that satisfaction. I wanted some sort of proof for the first time in my life. And so I just continued to pray, continued to pray, and um, you know, I would fast and I would just cry out night and day to God, to Allah, the only God that I knew, to show people that he was the truth. I started to just really have a lot of torment. I just thought maybe I was going crazy for the first time. But it was like I couldn't think anymore. And especially as somebody studying to be a doctor and, you know, science background to lose your mind is really a very low point to say the least. So there was one day uh, where I was probably at my lowest point. I was just crying, praying to Allah and saying, I can't do this one more day. And that same day, I got a text message from my friend, he had been praying for me all along. And his church actually had been praying too, down south. And he, his pastor actually had brought, um, or had typed up bullet points from the book by Lee Strobel called The Case for Christ. And so because I was such, a, at such a low point at that point, I was like, I'll read anything. Why not? It gave so much significant proof for the historicity of the cross and resurrection. And I started to read the Bible again. I was reading it as though it actually could have happened and i just remember thinking oh my gosh this is beautiful and then i called somebody that i knew who was a christian she said why don't you just ask jesus to come into your heart if you're wondering and curious you have nothing to lose and you know little did she know if a muslim asks jesus into their heart it's hell for eternity no coming back you cannot come back from that so i just looked up at the heavens and i said Ola, I don't know who you're, who you are. Ola, I don't know what's real. Whoever you are though, I want to give my life to you. If you're Jesus, you can come into my heart. The next morning I woke up and all the torment was gone. So I thought to myself, okay, Logic brain, I'll just, I'm going to really give this exploration of the Gospels three or four years of my life, and I'm going to really like look into it to see if it's real. I'm going to stay a Muslim, of course. I would never leave Islam, but I just want to give this a chance. And so I just basically went to church that Sunday, and some signs had happened that week, all pointing to Jesus. And that Sunday morning, the pastor was preaching and people raising their hands, and I just kind of sat through it, but my heart just wanted to worship, and when the altar call came, we all bowed our heads, and the pastor just said, I feel like there's someone in here that wants to give their life to Jesus, but they don't even know what that means, and they're really scared, and I just said, enough is enough. It's taking me more faith to not believe in Jesus than to believe in him. He's my first experience with love.
1: Kettlebrook family. The happy Easter. Let's see, where do I want to put all my stuff? Well, my name's uh, Dan Kelman. I'm the, the site pastor for our kioskum location of Kettlebrook Church. And, uh, and if you're visiting with us this morning, whether you're visiting family or just wanted to come and worship with us, we just want to say welcome. We're really glad that you're here. Uh, so like we saw in the video, it's, it's not a debate uh, or external proofs or, or even a church service that changes someone. Those are all great things and they're part of her story, but, but what truly changes our hearts and leads us to worship is an encounter with Jesus. And we just finished a series called Life on the Vine, which was all about that, encountering Jesus, getting plugged in to Jesus. And, and one of the reasons that this is so important is because of just how easy it is to unplug from jesus and with everything else going on we can easily miss jesus and even on a day like easter we can easily miss jesus with everything else that's going on and i'm sure for most of us this afternoon and maybe even this whole weekend already has been just filled with stuff right and it will be filled this afternoon with things like coloring eggs and getting chocolates and easter baskets and, uh, let's see, preparing a big meal and maybe giant creepy Easter bunnies. And, and that's all fine. Uh, but I think we can easily miss Jesus amidst it all. Uh, even on Resurrection Sunday, we can miss Jesus. And I know this is possible because even the disciples, those original disciples that were closest to Jesus, who knew him best, who followed him all across a whole country, spent every day with him for three years, even lived with him, still at times missed Jesus. They missed what he did and what he, who he was and what he was saying. And so I have a feeling if they were able to miss Jesus at times, I think it's, it's possible for us as well. And, and for some of us, I think all of this stuff about Jesus might be brand new. Um, but I think for a majority of us, uh, maybe you you grew up in the church, or or maybe you attend the gathering regularly. Maybe uh, you even are plugged into a serving team or a small group. And I think it's still possible for us to miss Jesus at times. And, and what I want us to see this morning is is that an encounter with the risen Lord Jesus changes us. And amidst that, I want I want to ask you a simple but honest question. And it's a and, and it's a question you may have never thought to ask yourself before. Um, and I want you to ask, have I been missing encountering Jesus? Uh, in, in my daily life, in my rhythms and thoughts, I, even in my Christianity, have I been missing Jesus amidst it all? And to dig into this, I want to uh, take a look at a moment in the Gospels where one of the 12 disciples, one of Jesus' original uh, and closest followers, misses an encounter with the risen Lord. Uh, but then I want to see what changes when he encounters the resurrected, living Jesus Christ. So let's let's take a look at that first encounter that he misses. So if you brought a Bible with you this morning, um, I'd uh, invite you to open it up to John chapter 20. And if you'd like a Bible to use, David Maryland Marilyn uh, would love to bring one up to you. So by all means, just feel free to wave at them. They'd love to bring one to you. So John chapter 20, we're going to be looking at verses 19 to 23 to start with. And if you have one of the red Bibles, that's on page 769. So as you're, as you're turning there, uh, let me give you some of the context. After Jesus had finished giving his final teaching to the disciples, which is what we've been looking at for the past six, week, six weeks, Jesus was then betrayed. He was cruci- arrested, crucified, buried in a tomb. And then beginning uh, at the beginning of this chapter, of chapter 20, just before the passage that we're going to look at, on the very first Easter Sunday morning, Mary Magdalene, Peter, and John experienced the empty tomb. And then Mary encountered the risen Jesus, but the other disciples hadn't yet. So that same evening, probably, probably in that same upper room uh, where they just celebrated the Passover and the Last Supper with Jesus just days before, the disciples are huddled together. They're, they're uncertain uh, and afraid. So let's take a look at that passage together. So we're in John chapter 20, and we're going to start with verses 19 through 23. And again, that's on page 769. If you forgive anyone his sins, they, they are forgiven. If you do not forgive them, they are not forgiven. Well, Let's, let's take a moment and, and pause uh, before we continue. Let's pray. Uh, just ask the Lord to open up uh, our hearts and our eyes to what he has for us this morning. Oh, Father, uh, we thank you so much for the opportunity to take time, uh, to set aside time to worship you, I think that's our goal and that's our hope, to encounter you, to experience you, to uh, learn more about who you are and, and how you've shown yourself in the person and work of Jesus. And so I ask that you would open up our hearts um, to, to be able to uh, receive what you're saying, uh, that you'd open up our ears and our eyes to be able to see and to hear and to perceive what's in your word and how we can continue to know you more because of Jesus. We pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen. Well, from our perspective, one of the first things uh, that we may be wondering is, why why are the disciples so afraid? I mean, hadn't they been with Jesus all along? Uh, didn't they get it? Didn't they understand everything he said? No. <laughs> no, not at all. They didn't. There's a lot about Jesus that they actually missed. And, and actually, earlier in this chapter, uh, when they when they see the empty tomb... They still didn't get it. And this is what it says here in verse 9. They they still did not understand from Scripture that Jesus had to rise from the dead. So even after spending three years with him, they still were able to miss Jesus. But now in that locked room, Jesus appeared to them, and he was with them again. He gave them peace. He showed them his wounds. He empowered them uh, with the Holy Spirit, and he commissioned them And amidst all that, I actually think that are three really important things uh, that happened when they encountered the risen Jesus. They were brought into his presence, and they were brought into his power, and they were brought into his purpose. And I think the same is true for us today. Encountering the risen Jesus brings us into his presence, it brings us into his power, And it brings us into his purpose. And that's really the big thing that I don't want us to miss this morning. So, Stephanie, if you could throw that on the screen, I just want to say it one more time. Encountering the risen Jesus brings us into his presence, his power, and his purpose. But let's continue reading because somebody uh, missed out on that encounter with Jesus. So let's now read verses 24 through 31. Now, Thomas, called Didymus, one of the twelve, See my hands. Reach out your hand and put it into my side. Stop doubting and believe. Thomas said to him, My Lord and my God. Then Jesus told him, Because you have seen me, you have believed. Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. Jesus did many other miraculous signs of the presence of his disciples, which are not recorded in this book, but these are written so that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, And that by believing, you may have life in his name. So Thomas missed that first encounter with the risen Jesus. And I know my first question was, where was he? Was he out getting groceries? Uh, Was he, uh, I don't know, maybe he wasn't sure if he wanted to be a part of the group anymore. Uh, Maybe his not being there was part of his doubting. We just don't know. But we do know what he missed. He missed encountering the risen Lord Jesus. Have you ever had that, um, when, when you're maybe with some friends, um, and you're just hanging out and, uh, and they start gushing about something that you missed? Uh, that you weren't a part of maybe like uh maybe it was like a packer game they all went to or or a, a party or a gathering or just something else and and they're like oh man it was so great dude it was so cool you should have been there where where were you why weren't you there and then you're like uh, yeah you know <laughs> cuz i know my response anytime i've been in that moment cuz I, I actually have and it's it's kind of um you know it's a little difficult cuz you're just like yeah no um that's awesome for you guys. Uh, no, no, I was doing nothing, um, but hey, that's so great for you guys. It's kind of painful, right? And, and I honestly wonder if this is how Thomas felt. Uh, the text says, it only says that the disciples said, we have seen the Lord. Uh, but I have a feeling that they said more. Remember in verse 20, it said that they were overjoyed when they had seen the Lord. And so I'm guessing they started gushing. they are probably like, dude, because they they probably said dude back then. Uh, And then they are like, this is so awesome. Like Jesus showed up out of thin air like he was with us. And then he breathed on us. And we didn't know what was going on. Then we started feeling all tingly. And then Jesus said it was the Holy Spirit. And we felt like we could move mountains and do anything. And then he gave us a mission. He said he was sending us like God was sending him. And it was so cool, unreal. Can't believe it happened. Wait a minute, you weren't there? Where, where were you? Total bummer you missed it. So when I read Thomas's response, and maybe I'm reading into this, uh, I, I kind of feel like I'm, I'm seeing some jealousy that leads to animosity that, that maybe uh, kind of as well as anger for being left out, which fuels his doubting. And, and it leads him pretty much to say, unless I see what you saw and touch it all too, I won't believe it. We call him Doubting Thomas, but I think we could have very easily called him Grouchy Thomas or maybe even Pity Party Thomas. Um, now, to be fair, I'm not making fun of him, because uh, I feel like I've been in that exact situation. And it's understandable, because to some degree, we, when we understand what, just what Thomas missed, we can understand his feeling. He missed personally encountering the risen Lord Jesus, and, and that's significant. But then Jesus comes again, and it's the same situation, locked room and all. And this time, Thomas is there, and Jesus knows everything Thomas has said and has been thinking. And Thomas now encounters the risen Lord Jesus. And and that encounter with the risen living Jesus changes his life. And an encounter with the risen Lord does the same for us. Uh, It brings us into his presence, sometimes by sight, but, but often through just belief. It brings us into his power through the Holy Spirit and the miraculous things that Jesus does in and through us. And it brings us into his purpose to be sent so that others may believe and have life in the name of Jesus. Encountering the risen Lord Jesus brings us into his presence, his power, and his purpose. And that's what Thomas missed when he missed Jesus. When he missed encountering the risen Lord. And that's but sometimes I wonder if we miss. If we're settling for less than encountering the risen Lord Jesus. And in that, when we miss encountering him, we also miss being brought into his presence and his power and his purpose. And, and in that is the question that I'd like us to ask ourselves Have I been missing encountering Jesus? Uh, Missing encountering him and his presence or his power or his purpose in any area of my life, my family, my work, my spare time, uh, even my church attendance and my faith. Have I been missing encountering Jesus amidst it all? Just yesterday, I I was about to head into the office and I was standing at the kitchen island and and I was just like looking for my travel mug. And and I had looked in the cupboard, I had looked in the sink, I I had looked in the drying rack. And and then finally I asked my wife, Sharice, if if she knew where it was. And she's like, seriously? She's like, it's right there. And 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 literally it was. It was right right there within arm's reach. You know, it was just like, oh yeah, It, it was like right there. (laughs) And and it it wasn't like it was hidden. It was right there. I just couldn't see it. Does anybody else have this problem? Is this just me? Uh, But if we can miss things that are right in front of us, I think that there's more that we can miss. Actually, in C.S. Lewis's uh, book series, The Chronicles of Narnia, in the last book, at the very end of the last book, he has a scene where there's a group of dwarves that are, that are huddled together. Um, and, and these group of dwarves have specifically chosen and selfishly chosen to live for themselves. And they're surrounded by paradise, but they can't see it. And they're in the presence of the Christ figure himself, but they can't see him. They're so consumed with themselves uh, and and the things that are important to them that they miss encountering the king. And could it be that we don't just miss seeing a cup of coffee uh, right in front of us, uh, but we become so distracted, so consumed by everything else that's going on in our lives that we miss encountering the king, that we miss encountering the risen Jesus. Jesus wanted Thomas to encounter him, to encounter him as the risen living Lord. And Jesus wants us to encounter him as well and to continue to encounter him, encountering the risen Jesus and his presence and his power and his purpose. And so as we ask ourselves that question, am I missing encountering Jesus? I think the first thing that we really need to ask is, am I missing encountering the presence of Jesus? Am I not experiencing the presence of Jesus in my daily life? And if you're here this morning, uh, and Jesus isn't really a part of your day-to-day life, uh, but you grew up in maybe some kind of a Christian, religious tradition, I want, I want to ask if the reason Jesus' presence maybe is missing is because you're getting hung up on religion, or maybe being religious. As a pastor, I obviously talk to a lot of people, about jesus and uh and it's pretty common that when i'm talking to folks and i and i hear their story that uh about their faith and what it looked like for them growing up or what it looks like for them now what i hear a lot about is church and whether church was important for them while they were growing up or how church wasn't important for them and their family while they were growing up But no matter what faith tradition I talk to with people or what people have as their background, you know what I don't hear a lot about, or should I say who I don't hear a lot about? Jesus. And you'd be surprised because a lot of people that are regular church attenders, even people plugged into small groups, talk the same way. They don't talk about Jesus. They talk about church or Christianity or my faith. Could it be for some of us that at some point we have maybe settled for religion, maybe even settled for the generic American concept of church and missed the presence of Jesus? And and here I have some indicators on the screen uh, that we might have missed or are missing the person and presence of Jesus and settled for religion. With religion, it's about rituals. With Jesus, it's a relationship. With religion... Our actions make us right. But with Jesus, Jesus' actions make us right. With religion, we do things to be seen as better by God or by others. Uh, With Jesus, it's to do things that, in thanks to Jesus, who did it better for us. With religion, it's about programs. With Jesus, it's always about people. In religion, it's, it's guilt-based to drive you to do what you have to do. With Jesus, it is devotion-based because of who he is. And with religion, there's fear that's always kind of as the motivator to kind of keep us moving forward, whereas with Jesus, love is what motivates us for everything that we do. Could it be that some of us have missed Jesus' presence and settled for religion? And I want want you to take a moment to pause and and to ask yourself, am I missing encountering the presence of Jesus? And if this is you this morning, uh, I think Jesus would want to say to you, don't settle for less. Uh, don't, don't forget your first love and substitute it for something else. Don't miss me because of your prior experience of church uh, maybe didn't lead you to me. Consider exploring anew who I am. Consider exploring anew what I've done. I love you. I've lived a perfect life for you. I died a sufficient death for you. I rose in victory over your sin for you, and I invite you to follow me and invite you to bring my presence into your daily life. And having a relationship with Jesus like that, where we begin to follow him and invite his presence in, we'll also be able to experience his power in our lives. And maybe you're here this morning, and, and your answer, in answer to that question, am I missing encountering Jesus? You'd say, no, no, I have, I've experienced his presence before. I believe in God. I, I believe he lived a perfect life and died a sufficient death and rose in victory over sin and death. And I believe all that. I mean, that's the point, right? Wasn't Thomas... Supposed to stop doubting and believe? Well, I believe. And that's awesome. And if that's where you're at, I also want you to consider asking, is it possible that I am still missing encountering Jesus because I'm missing experiencing the power of Jesus? And here's what I mean. Jesus rose from the grave to defeat sin and death with the intent to do far more Than to only forgive your sins and to give you eternal life. He rose from the grave in victory over sin so that sin would not no longer rule over your hearts and your lives. He wants his patience to be your patience. He wants his love to be your love. He wants his humility to be your humility. When you think about following Jesus, do you think about just getting out of here? Or maybe just getting to heaven or just holding out until Jesus comes back? Uh, when you think about following Jesus, do you think about a laundry list of maybe do's and don'ts or shoulds and shouldn'ts? Or do you think about asking Jesus to change you to be more and more like him? And are you seeing Jesus change you? Are, are you seeing your character look more like his character? Are you becoming more loving towards others, having first experienced his love toward you? Are you becoming more patient with others, having experienced his patience with you? Are you becoming less judgmental of others, having been freed of God's judgment against you? Are you becoming more forgiving of others, having experienced Jesus' forgiveness for you? If if the answer to any of these, these questions is no, And maybe, maybe you've incorrectly understood the power of Jesus. His power to change you from the inside out. Not just forgive your sins, not just get you out of earth and to heaven, but to bring the character of heaven to your heart. To changing you to be more and more like him. And I want to pause and have you ask, am I missing encountering the power of Jesus in my life? Family, the power of Jesus experienced in the presence of Jesus is seeking to change you to be more like Jesus. When, we, when we're more like Jesus, we'll do the things he did. And in verse 21, we see Jesus commissioning the disciples with new purpose, his purpose, God's purpose. He was sending them to do what he did and, and sending them to those who won't see but who will still believe. And, and Jesus is talking about those who will come to believe in him and follow him because of the testimony of the disciples. Jesus spent three years teaching and modeling and training and equipping Thomas and and the others who followed him to do what he did and to tell what he told. They were called to be followers who experienced a relationship with Jesus, were having their hearts changed by Jesus, and thus were helping others to follow Jesus. Demonstrating and proclaiming the good news about the person and work of Jesus. That's the purpose he gave them. That's the purpose Jesus still gives us. And could it be that some of us here this morning maybe have missed the purpose of Jesus, missed experiencing him because we've entirely missed his purpose for us. Is your relationship with Jesus primarily about you? Or primarily about others? Does a, a relationship with Jesus end with you? Or does it begin with you? Does, does, does it change you? Does it, is you? In your relationship, are you kind of just waiting for him to just kind of come back and take you to be with him in heaven? Or is it changing you and to seek to find others and to, to have heaven show up here and now because of Jesus working in and through you. Family, encountering the risen Jesus doesn't just bring us into his presence and into his power, but it also brings us into his purpose. And he, he desires other people who maybe aren't experiencing him or are experiencing religion currently um, to come to experience him through you, through us. And he desires others who are kind of just coasting spiritually, not really being changed by Jesus, to see him changing us and invite them to being changed by him too. And he invites and he desires others who don't know him at all, who are living for the world and living in darkness, to also encounter him because of our testimony. He desires to use you and I to be the ones to lead others toward encountering him, to to doing nothing short of changing the spiritual climate of those that we are in relationship with, not hoarding faith for ourselves, but, but seeking to join Jesus in showing and telling those who don't yet follow him and who need to experience the reality of who Jesus is and what Jesus has done. This is what Easter Sunday is about. It's about encountering the risen Lord Jesus and being brought into his presence, into his power, and into his purpose. See, Thomas missed encountering the risen Jesus the first time. But when he encountered him, something remarkable happened. And everything negative we could have ever said about Thomas goes away in an instant because of his response to encountering the risen Lord Jesus. Thomas's doubt goes away and his heart is moved and he proclaims to Jesus, my Lord and my God. No other disciple makes so bold of a claim. That's Thomas' exclamation. And that exclamation is that Jesus is God is nothing short of worship. That's what encountering Jesus leads us to. And maybe you've never encountered the risen Lord Jesus before. My first encounter with Jesus goes back to when I was young and, and when I first contemplated the crucifixion. Uh, and my heart was moved. And like the girl from the video, um, that was my first experience with true love. My first powerful encounter with the risen Lord Jesus. In Revelation, Jesus says, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in. If you've never encountered the risen Lord Jesus, I invite you to start there. I invite invite you to invite him in. And maybe for some of you it's been a while, maybe years since you've encountered him. There's so much that fights for our attention, so much that fights to cloud our vision keeps us from seeing Jesus, keeps us from encountering Jesus. And maybe you've been missing Jesus amidst busyness or a self-focused or a family-focused lifestyle. Or maybe you've even been missing Jesus because of religion. Also in Revelation, Jesus says, I know your good deeds, your hard work, your perseverance. I know that you can't tolerate wicked people. You have endured hardships and you have not grown weary. Yet I hold this against you. You have lost your first love. Consider how far you have fallen. Repent. To settle for anything less than regularly encountering the risen Lord Jesus after having encountered him before is definitely to fall short and have fallen far from what God wants us to experience and rely on on a daily basis. Remember, it's not a debate or external proofs, or even a church service that changes someone. It's an encounter with Jesus. Let's not miss Jesus. Let's not be absent like Thomas was the first time and miss encountering Jesus, but let's instead choose to actively seek him in our everyday life. And if we seek him, Jesus says, we will find him. We'll encounter the risen Lord Jesus and we'll be brought into his presence and his power and his purpose. And our hearts, like Thomas's, will be moved to worship. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you for the opportunity to gather, to remember this amazing day, that, this, that, that amazing day that we celebrate, that we call Easter, the day of your son's resurrection the day that we can look to and recognize it is not about us. It it never was. It is about you and your son Jesus and what he has done on our behalf for us that we can simply embrace him and invite him in and that everything can begin to change. And we ask that we would have regular encounters with the risen Lord Jesus that we would see him and experience him and feel him, that we would be changed by his power working in us, working through us, and that our encounter with Jesus would just change the way we live. That, Father, you would bring your purpose into our hearts. And by living out your purpose, that we would continue to experience Jesus more and more. And so, Father, we ask that you would just Continue to speak into our hearts and to our lives. Um, We know tomorrow has no name. After Easter Monday, what do we call it, Lord? And so, Father, I ask that we would live each and every morning as though it is the day of resurrection. Uh, The the day that we remember the resurrection of Jesus Christ, and the day that we remember that you have also called us to rise up out of the dead flesh that we have been living in and, and to be born again into. Jesus Christ, and his presence, and his power, and his purpose. And we, only, and we know that it's only by the name of Jesus that any of that can be done. And so we pray this all in the powerful name of Jesus. Amen.